See what I look like. In the <laughs> <laughs> I look great. I look great. What the fuck is up, people? Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, one of, what I've been anticipating, what I've been looking forward to all fucking year. My best friend is here. I've known him my entire life. Um, he uh, he stays down in Austin, Texas. He's a DJ. <laughs> he, <stays>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he camps out. Yeah. Uh, live under the highway yeah. in Austin, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he's a DJ. Uh, he's one. He's fifty percent of the DJ duo Oxymorons. Uh, he's a prankster. I've like literally anything I've done in my life that I either remotely am a think was funny or B and not so proud of. I usually <laughs> did it with Aaron. Yes. Uh, so, so um which I say that very lightheartedly because I've, I've had some of the best times in my life with this kid. So the best times that we should probably never relive. That, yeah, that that, that our, uh, literally our motto summer after senior year was no missed opportunities. Which honestly, it's a great motto, but it was really just our way of convincing ourselves to do bad things. Just do really just dumb, bad. reckless. Yeah, then we would, people would suggest just a genuinely bad idea, and we would convince ourselves like no missed opportunities, guys. Like this sounds like an opportunity. Yeah. No, no, for a while, no missed opportunities. Actually, it turned into no fucks. Yeah, I mean, no that was, fucks. It was, it was yeah. no fucks, dude. I remember no, zero. I remember fucks I you, but yeah. zero. Yeah, there's literally you can find a picture if you dig deep enough of me going. This. Dude, I'll, I'll send it to you. Edit it in here so they can. Yeah. see. <laughs> I'll literally put the graphic of the picture. Yeah, like your straight face, like there's like girls, there yeah. girls in the picture. Yeah, and there's girls. Yeah, just like unamused. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, so, um, yeah, so. Yes, uh, Aaron Vale, welcome. Yeah, what's going on? It's Ben jamming slowly, back with another episode of VTV. <laughs> we got a great episode for you guys today. Dude, that was actually what legendary. he said. That's honestly what crazy that you're doing this now, where you were back then. I'm mm. flipping the script. This is your. I'm podcasting you now. This is. You this said. Is, you said. Let's say we interview you. Yeah. This that's, is that's, this, that's this a this help Mr. Mean Guy podcast. Yeah. Now. We're flipping the script. Yeah. No, it's crazy that you're doing this after being the fucking DTV star that you were. Let's. I don't Thanks, know. If the, I don't know if your current viewers know what where oh, this well, started. Rock has showed pretty much everybody <laughs> Indiana slowly to like oh. everyone. Everyone that comes across, yeah. like, that he gets the chance, he put, he, he's put that on the TV, like, he showed people Dude, that. I remember we would walk, I remember one time, this is a very specific memory, we, we yeah. were driving out of, just school was over, I was parked at South, and we were driving through, just like, towards North Direction to get out. Yeah. And there's kids like on the path to the side of the cars. And some kid looked in the window and saw you and was like, is that Ben Jammin's? <laughs> Literally kids knew like, if you went to HF, whether you knew Ben personally or not, you knew who he was. Like any kids who went to HF in the year 2014 uh, knew Ben Jammin's. It's, it's scary. It's <laughs> honestly really scary. And now like it's becoming part, it's becoming Milwaukee of sorts. Like. I was at the corner store like a couple months ago, uh, just picking up some beer. Um, and uh, someone, I'm walking out, and this dude goes, I didn't even recognize him at first. He goes, Oh, hey, Mr. Nice Guy. I'm like, No way. 
What the fuck is up, man? I found out it's my dude Sincere. Uh, he uh, recorded at the studio I used to uh, host a show at. But yeah, man, like, that's yeah, crazy. People are recognizing the brand now. Uh, yes, sir. I hit, um, uh, I'm at about 1.2K likes on Facebook Let's now. Let's go. Man, uh, VTV, I would say, uh, for those of you who don't know, it was our broadcasting uh, oh, yeah, TV announcements at HF, Home and Falls. Viking television, baby. And, uh,. Bro, like, it was a great precursor. It was. I mean, it, it definitely, like, uh, it made me comfortable in the format of talking in front of a camera and just being authentically goofy and yeah. just not, like, holding back from my personality. Like, whether I was just telling a straight hard news, like, story, like, reading the announcements, like, yeah. like I gotta have fun with it. Yeah. And, um... Which you did. You did. Sometimes too much fun. Uh, but <laughs> it's funny, even me too. Like I'd have my short little stint cameos on VTV, just pranking VTV. The rap battle, dude. Yeah. VTV rap battle, uh, yes. 2014. Um, me versus fucking Juice World. Yeah. Ju hey, Juice World was in that rap battle. Hey, I don't even know if you made it to the second round though. I don't. Yeah. I mean, neither did you. Well, you made it. No, you made I it to the second round. I, was, yeah. I trolled the second round with, yeah. with the prom ask. It's funny because the second round is just like whole like, squad looking like the cast of Full House. Yes. <laughs> it was funny because every every episode, like when I show people that video, every um, like each individual whatever contestant was doing yeah. their rap alone. It was just one person, then another one person, then mine comes on. It's like six of us in the screen, like as a mob, just like, where the fuck did these people yeah, come from? Yeah. Why do I have more people in mind yeah. than anyone else? Yeah. Dude, it was so staged. Yeah. I was the plan. I was the industry plan. Yeah. yeah. Dude. The was... whole school's wondering, how this jackass make it to the second yeah. round? Yeah. That's what I thought. Like, yeah. how the fuck does Aaron Vale, like, the, 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 the school schemer, the <laughs> Literally, yeah. Literally, literally the walking Bitcoin. How the fuck does this kid make it to the second round? And uh, I mean, it was a hoax. It, yeah, it, it was. We knew someone on the inside. Yeah, yeah it was literally an inside job. Literally, uh, it's, it's a, everything was. It's bro. a boiling conspiracy. Yeah. But man, everything in HF that we did was a boiling conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. From the cup, from the styrofoam cup documentary scandal that I still think is the reason I literally, that Pitcock dude, got fired. <laughs> Hey, yeah. Everywhere from that to the writing the Wi-Fi code yeah. on the senior deck, and I've been like Jack Hill. I'm like, it's all with the code. Pickaxe <laughs> in the room with like the swinging light. Yeah, he rolls up his sleeves like Jack. There's an easy way and a hard way. Yeah, dude, How did you get the Wi-Fi. Dude, code? Aaron, 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 like. <laughs> I literally skipped my English finals so I could see the Styrofoam Cups video. <laughs> the scandal. In Apes. Um, that was... Shout out Miss Slew, I miss you forever. Shout out to Slew. Um, That's the only teacher's name I even, like, fucking remember. Dude. Like, besides Pavanato, Professor Svozel, and Miss Slew. <laughs> the only three people I'll ever remember. Coach Svozel, man. If you said him, I'd know him, but I can't really think of anyone else. <laughs> yeah, I... We had... Oh, okay, no, we had, um... Mr. Tobin. Yeah, we no, we had uh, Miss Daniels. That was our oh, English yeah. teacher. Oh just yeah, all around HF scandals. Do you remember my falling out with uh, Miss Daniels? No, I okay, don't. Okay, so on the last day, you know how we all had like our research papers. Yeah. My my topic was uh, was on why weed should be illegal. 
And it's just like this entire satirical presentation of like all like the bullshit obvious reasons, like taking a stance I clearly don't believe in. And uh, I brought in those brownies for the entire class. I brought in like a whole tray of really nice brownies that I took from Idlewild. Basically just like, there was no weed in them. Yeah. I passed out brownies to an entire class during my presentation about weed. Yeah. <laughs> they made me like take a counseling session of like why drugs are bad and shit. I had to just sit there and be like, yeah, drugs are bad. It was like Mr. Mac, you're like, drugs are bad. Okay. Yeah. I was like, all right. Dude, you, you literally like, dude, you were like a born schemer, dude. Like, no, you, cool, dude. Yeah, from a young, like you were, you were like just mastering the art of just like, like just loopholes, just, and just totally just the table. yeah, just catching people completely off guard with just how witty <laughs> you were. Dude, it's crazy because that that was my precursor in high school because I'm still doing that shit. Like I don't know. Yeah, if you're a prankster. Right? I was looking it up because I I like to think that I'm like a great schemer, yeah. but I wanted to Google that word because it has such a negative connotation, and the definition had. On like plotting for for a means of negative a negative means like in the definition it says it has to be negative outcome so I don't know right. if I'm a schemer right because it's not always negative it's always positive for me yeah <laughs> it might be negative for other people maybe that's a schemer then maybe it just yeah. is a schemer but it's still just like finding loopholes is the key right right well you yeah. like you know you've um you just have a knack for finding your way around the, <laughs> around the the um the guidelines or the stipulations imposed on yeah, you. It's, it's that third door. The third door, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like there's two doors. There's two doors you can choose, but you go through the vent. Yeah, you know, literally. like pretty much. So I'll chop all that shit. Similarly, Aaron, I mean, dude, what the fuck, man? Like, you're, you know, oxymorons is, uh, you've been, uh, it's, you've been, um, I know you were, a sens you were sensational in, like, the college DJ scene, like, you know, down south in Texas, and then, uh, and that's led up to now where I just texted you the other day, my boy Crystal Knives, shout out to Crystal Knives, dude knows who you are, yeah, and he's a, he's an EDM guy in Milwaukee, man, that's crazy. and he, it's because he knows Shipwreck. That's crazy, um, those guys are blowing up, huge shout how, out to So Shipwreck. how do you know those guys? Bro, they DM'd me. Well, I'll pull it up. I um, I made like this funny video for two friends. You know, two friends maybe. Uh, maybe. They're like maybe. another DJ duo. Okay. And sure. um, basically, okay, this is another like loophole shit. And you know what? I don't. I'm not gonna give away too many of my of my keys here. You can't. I can't. You but I'll give one. I'm I'm also probably gonna spill you have some a whole, shit. Dude, you have a whole ring of keys. Yeah. yeah. I'm also probably gonna spill so much, so many beans on this pot. The beans are are spilling. Yeah. But basically, okay. Like the best way to get. I mean, this is just this is just random tangent. Okay. The best way on. to get like random. Um, like organic like clout honestly is to get reposted on someone else's story like a genuine person's story yeah. so when two friends drops a song really when anyone drops a song they'll pretty much post anyone who's taking a screenshot of their story and tagging them you know what I mean mm -hmm. like pretty much anyone so when they drop their big booty mix we're like alright let's make a fucking hilarious crazy video yeah. because I know for sure they'll post it that's a given I know we'll be up there with a tag but we need to make the video so crazy and ridiculous that whoever's seeing it on the other side wants to click a layer further. Be like, who the fuck are these assholes? Because <laughs> yeah. honestly, when you see yeah. just like random shout outs on their store, like screenshotting random people, you never click their tags. It's like, who right. the fuck cares about these people? Yeah. But when it was our hilarious video up there, I like to think people were like, wait, 
what was that all about? I'll, yeah. I'll show you the video, honestly. I don't know where... It, I think it's just up on my Instagram now. Yes, but and then Shipwreck DM'd me. They were just like, said, y'all are hilarious. That's it. And then I That's was all like, it took? Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, yo, wow, thanks. Do y'all live in LA? I'll be there the weekend after Coachella. We should make a video together. And then they said, yeah, we live in Hollywood. So when I went to Coachella, I went to go meet up with them. And Shirt fucking came. Me and Shirt went shout to out, go. Shout out Shirt. Shout out Shirt. I was staying at Shirt's house that night. And Shipwreck hit us up, like, come out with us in Hollywood. So me and Shirt went to No Vacancy with the guys. I like, we went to their place before the pregame. Damn. It was just Trip. The, the, the other dude, uh, Colin, I think, wasn't there. I don't sure. even know Colin. I really just know one of the guys. Okay. But, uh, dude, they're coming up big time. Dylan Francis playing their shit at Coachella. Yeah. Like, they're doing hella collabs with Dylan Francis. Like, they're, like, up next in the house yeah, scene. He knows Shipwreck, like, they're homies. I guess so. Or at least, um, at least... Um, they're, I know they're connected on social media. Yeah. Uh, I did the, the Instagram research. But, man, yes, like... Yes. But like that's fucking insane, man. Like your like your brand has is recognized like across the country by strangers to you, man. That's what it's all been about. Like like it's been really hard, honestly, to be so ridiculous because so few people that you actually know in person support it. Like when I when that's I that's so true, man. It's a really harsh reality. It is. So like honestly, like you have to disconnect from everyone's opinion and just live online pretty much. Mm -hmm. Like basically like like coming like coming up in Austin, people who knew me knew I was doing electrical engineering. So every time someone would be like, um like, what are you doing? Like <laughs> yeah. they'd just like look at me like, What the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, like I can't care about Electrical that. electrical engineering is a is a you know, and is a science degree, not a form of music. Yeah, not a form <laughs> you know, of entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck? Like, yeah. So it was just so random. So I had to just keep doing what I thought was right and just trusting that people out there who agree with it will find it. Because I was yeah. like, you know, the people in my immediate circle don't agree with it, right. but it's not for them. It's, a, it's, it's your for truth, the people man. Who do agree with it. You know, so yeah. I'm really glad that other people can. That's what I've just been telling myself. Just keep going, keep doing it. Other yeah. people will start to right. notice. Well, dude, I mean, you and I are radically different in a lot of ways, but we always come full circle. Like we always, you know, have our homecoming, you know, coming back here. Even though I only we only get to see each other like maybe once or twice a year, but tragically, right. Seriously, but but then you know we we bring it back and we kick yeah. it as if like you know we've we never been here left. the whole time. And bro, the fact that we even see each other once or twice a year is huge. You know mm -hmm. how many motherfuckers from high school I haven't seen since high school, dude. Even friends, like yeah, this is true friendship. Yeah, like goddamn. Most definitely, man. I, okay, so but if we're gonna get into everything that's yeah. going on now, how big. And monumental 2019 was for both of us. I mean, quite frankly, we gotta we gotta trace back to uh, you know our earliest origins uh, at the JCC, right around oh the corner God. over here. We were like what? I four? can't believe it all started 200 yards away. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. What the hell? You that's know, crazy. And, okay. Yeah, that's wild, man. Like, and then um, we. And then, like, uh, we became, like, buddies in middle school in seventh grade. You invited me to your bar mitzvah. Still. Fucking. Still the craziest still party crazy. I've ever been to. Yeah. 
literally all the shows. Still, like, had, still like totally, it it trumps any college rage up into banger. <laughs> Fuck college rage. I'm saying I've done. I did fucking Lala with Grizzly. <laughs> yeah. Shit wasn't compared yeah. to my to Aaron's seventh grade you bar mitzvah, man. Yeah, that's still the craziest, most wild party. You should have been there. Yeah, y'all Dude, messed up. Y'all, y'all fucked up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I in the AJ way. Yeah. <laughs> Legendary, legendary party, <laughs> dude. Yeah, man. Like that was geeked. Um, and then, you know, through high school, we, uh, you know, uh, evolved into more and more advanced shenanigans. Literally we, advanced shenanigans. What, yeah, that was a great way. One, to put one, it. Once we got cars, you know, once we, <laughs> oh, once, once we got licensed, <laughs> tear it all that's where it was curtains. <laughs> and then. Uh, even what further? <laughs> it's scary. And, yes, and what would um, uh, more? Yeah, debauchery would be uh, uh, us joining the Barney Ross AZA Dude, I youth group. Dude, BBYO. Half of the stories I like recount from high school are youth Barney traits, Ross yeah, related. Are, yeah, are, yes, that yeah. was like a defining thing we did. Stem from our involvement with BBYO, man. Yeah, because how. How I like to see myself in the world is exactly represented by how Barney Ross is <laughs> yeah. to the region. Like, yeah. These fucking outcast, fucking ridiculous idiots. That's still why are they winning? Right, these right. Things? These like, just degenerate, completely, just under re- relentlessly obnoxious, yeah. and just, just co- yeah, totally like outlier uh, group of guys that are just yeah. Totally, that disrupt everything they can. Yet the execution was always perfect. Yeah. Like our ideas were always clever. It wasn't just like poop jokes. Like it was never just to piss off counselors. Right, right. It was like well executed. Like the bound to motorcycle yeah. bro. Like yeah. getting eliminated. Basically getting eliminated from the competition, even though everyone in the room knew we won. Like yeah. It, yeah. Oh yeah. It was yeah. like unanimous. We, we just we stole it, man. We literally stole. We just, take fucking around very seriously. So, yeah. Like um, it's an art. Yeah, it's an art. Like people say, like, oh, y'all just fuck around, and this is oxymorons too. Even Barney Ross, oxymorons. It's a very intertwined. Honestly, oxymorons is a very similar format to what we were doing in Barney Ross. Yeah, it's just like take the common structure of what's going on and then skull fuck it for our, <laughs> yeah. our own entertainment and see who else enjoys it with us. Because there was other people in other chapters that were like knew we were the oh, truth. They're like, oh, this is for hilarious. real, dude. Like, people, it would support we were shit. valued for it. I, you <laughs> yeah. know, because we would just defy all expectation and yeah, be exactly. like, no, like being like. We're gonna fucking, you know, have fun with this shit yeah. and just, you know, go But we wild, take it very man. seriously. Like, people will look at us and be like, all y'all do is fuck around. It's like, yeah, we fuck around, but that's really important to us right. that we fuck around correctly. Okay, and, and all, yeah, yeah, right, like, exactly. It's important that we successfully yeah. fuck around. Like, we take this shit seriously. It's planned right. out. It's very yeah. intricate fucking around. Yeah. Y'all just, yeah, y'all just don't know what the fuck you're doing, man. Yeah, like, and, that's how you fuck around for real. And, dude, and you know what the crazy thing about that is, too, <laughs> is that I feel like... I mean, BBYO was clearly, it was, it was easily a very, like, inspirational and also just very, like, profound organization for much Jewish youth. Like, totally. all over the country, all over the world, really. But, but like, I feel like specifically, um, um, like, speaking to our region, like, I talked to a lot of people that were, like, you know, involved in, you know, their chapters. And sure, like, some of them, like... Loved it, but a lot of them said, "Man, I wish we were as fun as you guys were." Totally. Or they say, "Man, like I just kind of stopped going because like our chapters just like I don't like it that much. Like it's just not fun." Yeah. And it's like it it 
that's it's like that's wise because you're not like you're not maximizing how entertaining exactly like you and the situation and just how much fun you can actually have with it dude we have we got banned from like four yeah. basements because of our fucking because of our meetings dude dude literally it's just like um like i don't think people like other than us inherently want to disrupt what's happening like i think we inherently wanted to disrupt what was going on like we we weren't happy just going along with it like we had to somehow disrupt the the process and i don't think i don't think that's a i don't think that's a general thought like i don't think most people just think that <laughs> Larks, we just obnoxiously cough in the middle of like, dude, dude, <laughs> Larks, Larks, dude, dude, Larks is a hidden gem, bro. Dude, you know <laughs> this is the hidden gem that Larks is because Barney Ross, when we go to regional events, we can represent our own chapter. You know, we're pieces of shit. That's fine. But when we would go to nationals and we would Larks. represent our region, yeah. that's not fair to the rest of our region. Right. Like us representing Larks, Larks is in so a, Larks is we're in a we're in a room of three thousand Jews. <laughs> Larks is carrying a tray of hot soup, multiple bowls of hot soup on a tray, and we send Larks out to just go trip and fall, just pull the soup all over us. I was like, and we we like smack dab in the middle of the dining room, and all the glass bowls are like breaking. He just he just goes. Whoa! Yeah, well, he didn't even trip over anything. Like in the video, he's just walking perfectly fine. Whoa! And we started getting, he started just taking cups of ice and walking amongst the tables and just slipping. Yeah. And and he would just throw, like, just chuck the ice in some direction. Dude, we would walk up to random tables of kids we didn't know just to antagonize. We're like, all right, we're going to have a dare contest. Yeah. We would just make them do things on their tables for no fucking reason. Yeah, man. Dude, it was just. And we eventually, we got. Uh, the funny, crazy thing was, we got our chat, like our region, in on it yeah, over time, dude. man. Very true. Very you had true. people. You had people from like. I mean, the, Sam Harris was the. Okay, shout out to shout out Sam Jack Mihoff. Jack Mihoff. <laughs> he was like the like the Barney Ross member who, from another. Mother. From yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, straight up, he was in Barney Ross. Like totally. when they came to regional events, it was in Barney Ross. He was what? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, like, even some of the highest-ranking BBYO, like, (laughs) region kids were joining in on our jokes and shit. And, man, I think that that's the legacy, like, we were meant to leave, like, in, like, in high school, like, in BBYO. It's just that, like, you know, why, like, what the fuck is the point of just being miserable and hating the situation that, like, you know, you're, that's, you know, you're... That's imposed on you, and when you can it's really have to be fun. Yeah, you gotta have fun, man. It's supposed to be fun. Like, like BBYO takes it so serious sometimes to where it could almost feel like synagogue or Sunday school. Yeah. Like, it's not what it's for. It's no. a youth group. Right. You're supposed to identify with other Jews about the things that kids identify about, not necessarily Jewish things. That's just like the thing you have in right. common. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know. Honestly, like. It was so fun. It was so perfect to disrupt BYO because of how orderly it was. Yeah. That kids that saw things out of order would be so upset, and that was the funniest part. Like even Ben Hirschman, <laughs> yeah. who you would look at as like a fuck around kind of guy, you look at him as like kind of a jokester. Even he would be like, "You guys gotta cool it down." Yeah, it's not dude. Cool. It's like, no, hey, you guys, the best relax. was okay. The best was fucking no. The best was when E Don <laughs> was on regional board. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he was a legend. He put dude, up for our whole. Shout out, shout out. 
E-Dump. Shout out E-Dump. <laughs> E-Dump. Shout out V-Don. Um, Big shout out E-Don. He like honestly like brought, like pulled the chapter together, yeah. like made us the presence that we but were. But the thing is, yeah, but the thing is, it's like, he, he was like, and the thing is it was unheard of. It was uncanny that a Barney Ross dude was on a regional unreal gmr but he was the shoe-in like if anyone yeah. was gonna be Edan. <laughs> oh yeah of course you know totally but but the funny thing is is that like <laughs> he was kind of our liaison between being serious and actually like giving a shit True. versus just fucking around and just you know like dude going even in the era of like sugar being in charge <laughs> yeah he yeah. would be even yeah. don would even be telling him to like chill the yeah exactly like, but then after he don got off a of board he just joined right back in and yeah, he had true, fun with the, true remember when we reinitiated remember you like picked up a garbage can <laughs> Like the wooden log that stopped the cops. Yeah. It's okay, you can step there. There's nothing. <laughs> Dude, I love it, man. Like, oh that was, and God. honestly, if I didn't do BYO, I would not have. I mean, it honestly, it taught me about, it taught me a lot. That and VTV did both. Like, really taught me a lot about, like, just. To go out of my comfort zone regularly, totally. it almost it almost kind of blurred the lines of what is a comfort zone. Totally, like performing in front of people, even at invite yeah, shows, like the first of its experience. Like in college, it made it it made it so much easier to make friends. You know, I got totally. got immersed in the Jewish student life. Met Absolutely, some of my best friends I still have today. It made me value that shit too. Like yeah. uh, like becoming a part of my Chabad house at Texas and stuff like that. Like yeah. I was like. You know, there's just like everyone has that Jewish geography too. You meet one Jewish oh, totally. kid anywhere, y'all will know someone. In Dude, yeah, no course. matter what. Yeah. Dude, like exactly. Like, for example, all Chabad rabbis know each other. So yeah. my rabbi knows your Chabad really? rabbi. Really? Yeah. Huh. That your yours is Zev Johnson. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. yeah, I love Zev and all nine yeah. of his beautiful children. Yeah, mine. Yeah, yeah, exactly, dude. I, um, yeah, my rabbi, Rabbi Thaler. He, yeah, like he's. I think he had like two kids when I was a freshman, and now he has like five. Yeah, like they multiply over there. Oh yeah, the totally. House. Yeah, but I actually just had him on the show. I just uploaded the really? episode not too long ago. But um, but yeah, like the thing is, it's like. It becomes like an unspoken instinct, like when you have to take something like your Judaism seriously. Yeah. In the face of tragedy, in the face of anti-Semitism, in the face of, right. you know, rallying together as a community and feeling and being like, you know, making all Jews feel like they have a home to go to. Like, that's when it's like, we know that's really fucking important. But at the same time, you know, like, when we can, when we like embrace that. Then we can be like, yeah. So, guys, what do you want to do now? You know, yeah, you want to yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's fuck some shit up. Yeah. Now dude. that we've done that, let's ruin the counselor's time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know what was it, who was the head of it all again. Um. Uh. And and what? The woman who would always pull us aside and be like, chill the fuck out. Oh, it's not Stacy. And then it was a guy. Oh no, it, Marty. Too. 
Yeah, Marty. <laughs> Marty yeah, Schenkel. I actually love Marty. I remember he was like always like low key on our side yeah. because Marty knew that like you know we brought a, a positive light to things all the time. It's just funny that like no matter what we ever did, we always were in close contact with yeah. whoever was in charge. Big shout out to other. Aaron Rusnick as well. He Big put, shout out to Aaron. Our Rusnick. advisor put up dude. So that, Aaron much Rusnick shit, was our advisor. Like that's why like Barney Ross was what what that was the most self run prison. Of <laughs> yeah. Bro, literally the inmates ran the jailhouse. Yeah. Like, our fucking president was you. Yeah. What? what? Yeah. Our advisor was fucking Rusnick, yeah. who was like two years earlier just in Barney Ross. You are in charge of our funds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Philanthropy. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, what the fuck else? Um, and then. How ridiculous. And then, um. Edan was our regional rep. Like, yeah. He was like the our PR rep yeah. to make sure we were still allowed but at regional then, events. But then, the insane thing that Legacy carried on and Joey Greenabum became Rag, became the regional Aleph Gadol. That is the craziest thing. He ever. just bought me a beer the other night at really? the Fifth. Shout I, out to Joey. Didn't they fucking win invite? Yeah, they won invite too. Dude, Joey is also a DJ now. Dude, Joey is killing it. My Joey brother, it. my brother, Joey Always has been too. Yeah, for real, man. Jay Greeny. Jay Greeny. So I'm sure Ian is like eight feet by now. <laughs> yeah. I know that. Like, I guess like where? Because I know that you were like kind of like you were the designated ox. Like, if it wasn't shirt, usually it was you. Like when we were driving around or when we were throwing parties, like you often had the ox duty. You know, you often you often like held that responsibility regularly and you loved doing it like it was something you welcomed so i guess like how did that kind of carry on into what would become a passion for djing in your college career it's crazy because you know shit has evolved so much to the point where it's like i don't really even know what i do like i wouldn't say i'm a dj because i hired i have matt matt's the dj sure like, shout out to matt kim yeah shout out big shout out matt kim um, like, we just, like, I just, like, do things. I don't know. It's really hard you to entertain describe. people. Yeah. Yeah. How it originally happened is I would make beats because of Shirt. Like, Shirt got us all into production, like, right before yeah, college. Right. And then when I went into college, I was making, like, shitty beats on Ableton. And, uh, this is how, this is the origin story of Oxymorons, honestly. But, um, I would just, uh, me and my friends would come home from 6th Street, super fucked up. And we would be like, we would freestyle a beat. Like, we would all make a beat from scratch on the on spot. And once we agreed, like, all right, this beat is hard enough, we would rap on it. We'd freestyle on it. Freestyle only, no written yeah. lyrics allowed in my studio. We recorded everything in my closet booth. Mm -hmm. So we were releasing these songs just to ZBTs, like other kids in our frat. And they would start getting really popular. Some of our hit singles included um, Eat My Ass One Time, Pussy For Dinner, um, an extended unreleased Where the Fat Hoes At verse by Jay Carr. And these songs are getting like popular Jesus. almost. Like kids knew them. Yeah. Um, our, our biggest hit single was I'm Gay. So basically. <laughs> what? Yeah, so let me explain. Let me explain. Okay. Basically, we would record all the songs in my closet. It was the booth because it was the best sound. I get it because in the closet. Yeah. We, spent, we basically yeah, said okay. we spent so much time recording the album, we spent so much time in the closet recording these verses that by the time the album's done, by the time we come out of the closet, we're gay. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, we spent so much time in there. <laughs> so it was just like, okay. the chorus okay. was like, fuck you, mom and dad, yeah, I'm gay. Ain't no grandkids on the way, yeah, I'm gay. It was basically like, the I'm gay was more, it was more of a fuck you, mom and dad, than I'm gay. Because it was just like, fuck y'all, mm. be whatever I want, I'll do whatever yeah. I want. But basically, I'm gay got really famous. And, like, 
not really famous, but I'm gay blew up frat wise. Yeah, and sure. uh, the, the beat was super fucking hard. Great. It beat. got circulated. It got circulated. I still have it on my phone. I released everything on a one gigabyte flash drive. It wasn't a mixtape. It was a, it was a mixed drive. Yeah. I was like, yeah, everyone check out our drive. Word. And um, so we had like a resident frat DJ, like a kid who would DJ all of our frat parties, and we were having a party, and. Um, he had a friend coming in town, so he was like, I don't want to do it. I want to hang out with my friend. I want to show him a good time. I don't feel like DJing. So they were like, Vale, we know you make these these beats and these ridiculous songs. They're like, will you DJ the party? And I was like, fuck yeah. I was like, dude, I'll run this shit. And I didn't know how to DJ at the time. I only knew how to make the beats. So I made an hour-long mix. Mm-hmm. I basically picked the songs, mashed them together, like did transitions, pre-made an entire mix. I wasn't DJing at all. I went up there for the show and just pressed play and got fucking drunk as hell on the mic just screaming the whole time like hands up all this retarded <laughs> shit and no, everyone thought I was DJ but it was the same difference and um, from that show that it was just so crazy I was getting so like drunk and just being an animal was ridiculous there was like kids in the crowd from other frats that were like yo you gotta come DJ our party and it kind of just snowballed until mm-hmm. Matt and I were roommates the year after that and then I needed like Matt was just like really into it and uh we had a show where uh, I had a two-hour show coming up for Halloween. I was like, I don't want to do two hours. Matt, I was like, do you want to do the first hour and I'll do the second hour? Because he was super into music. He was into DJing all the shit. He had a friend from home that was like super into it. He already loved the shit. So when he saw me doing all the stuff, he was like, I want to do it. So um, when we went to go do that set where he would have an hour and then I would have an hour, we ended up just both doing the whole two hours. And we killed it. It went great. Nice. And from that set, there was kids in the crowd who were like, you'll come do our party. And we kind of just snowballed. We've kind of just been failing upwards ever since. I mean, it's a really long story, but it's just been snowballing into what it is today. Like, yeah. It just, uh, it, it was never like an affinity for Ox. And like, it was never like my desire to play sure. the whole part. It was really just us tripping and stumbling into it and me being like good at it and people wanting more and us enjoying it and just wanting to continue doing it. Also, bro, going to Texas, I knew zero people. I had literally no fucking friends. Like, when you're a freshman in a frat, you can go to your own frat parties, but you can't go to other frat parties because you don't know the fucking yeah, kids. Right. So by the time <clears throat> I was a sophomore, I was like, dude, I don't have fucking friends outside of my own frat. This was just our way of, like, getting into other parties. Mm-hmm. But they're like, do you want to come DJ a party? I was like, fuck yeah. I've never mm-hmm. been to this frat. Like, who are your girls? Like, yeah, like, whatever. I'll come DJ a party and it kind of just... Then other schools started hitting us up, and then I was like, all right, let's do this whole Instagram thing, and then I found a whole new affinity in that whole direction. Like, really what I do now is just, like, marketing. Like, I've been really focused on TikTok. It's a super long, intricate story of puzzles and ridiculousness, but... Well, when did it turn into, like, I guess, like, how did you start, uh, because I know you started doing gigs, like, a little outside of the city, yeah? Oh, yeah, baby. We we just did our, uh, we just got done with our little college tour there. We hit, um... Mostly southern states, but we did um, we did two shows in Louisiana. We did one in New Orleans, one in Baton Rouge at uh, Tulane and LSU. We did um, in one weekend. We did Georgia Tech Thursday night, Texas Tech Friday night, University of Arkansas Saturday night. Three shows, three cities, back to back to back. It was like seven flights. It was super fucking miserable, honestly, but it was super awesome. Yeah, yeah. We did um, Wisconsin. I called you. you. Did I was Madison? Like, How far yeah, are you? I know. I went to work. fucking Madison. Dude. That's awesome <laughs> that as shit. So. Always. How was it? Yeah. Um, it was fun. It's different, yo, because we did tailgates. So our show was at like eight in the morning. Yeah. And these kids were already fucked up and ready to That's go. Madison for It was crazy because their game started at like eleven. So usually we do shows at night, start at midnight or whatever, 
they were like, yeah, eight in the morning. We like went to bed by 10 the night before. Like, what the fuck is <laughs> <Yeah>. this? <laughs> we did two shows in Wisconsin back to back. We ended at one and just ran to the next house. But it's the beer slope tundra. The beer slurp tundra? Soaked tundra. Oh, the beer soaked tundra. Yeah. <laughs> it is, dude. The whole place just smells like beer. Honestly, Wisconsin doesn't really do it. Like, the southern brats have, like, big-ass mansions. Like, it's almost ridiculous. Like, yeah, the southern brats but... are like, how? They live in, like, million-dollar houses. The Wisconsin brats live in, like, regular houses. Yeah. So it's just, like, a different vibe. It's, totally. Like, it's cool, but it's a house party as opposed to, like, a concert. Right, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's just different, but it's cool getting to see these different schools and see like how they do shit differently yeah. and stuff. Like Georgia Tech, like the kids are really smart, you know. So I was like, you know, these well, kids are tech. smart. <laughs> yeah, I was like, are they? No, I think it's smart because I applied and didn't fucking get in. When I applied, oh, yeah, but yeah, they were fourth in the country for engineering when I applied. So I was like, shit. So I thought like, oh, these kids are so super smart. Like, you know, maybe they're not gonna party that hard. Dude, those kids got fucked up. The kids yeah. who study hard party hard. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't blame them. Honestly, I oversaturated myself in Austin. Like, we were doing shows in Austin every single weekend. We would play at literally every single frat party to the point where everyone knew us and loved us, but then it got to the point where it's like, oh, oxymorons again? Like, even if it's the fucking chain smokers. If you're seeing the chain smokers every weekend, you don't give a shit anymore. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. So it was time we had to get out of town, bro. Like, we were getting out of town offers before we were ready to go. And then finally, I was like, dude, I'm done in Austin. Like, we can't do shit here anymore. Just because, like, I don't know, bro. We would... Shit happened in a lot of really weird ways. Like, I fucking... I I love Austin. I love the scene. The scene is great, and the and the audience is great, but the people running are fucking sure. terrible. Right. And every fucking uh, talent buyer in the city has no idea what's going on. You're either owned by C3. C3's great. But they're a complete monopoly in Austin. They of own course, they yeah. own any venue over two thousand capacity. Yeah. So if you're trying to get any venue over two thousand, you have to go through them. Mm -hmm. They don't they don't fuck around. You can't. It's a it's a pretentiousness. Shit. It's a crazy city where just like you have to know everyone to be involved. And then once you know everyone, you're like, wow, everyone sucks. Yeah. Everyone's a snake. No one cares about you genuinely. Right. At what point? At that point, what the fuck is the point? Yeah. Yeah. And like honestly, now that I think about it, it's probably not just Austin. That's probably just the scene in general. Like no one will ever care about you as much as you do. No one will ever be truly genuine. They just want to make the dollar like the know. music industry is so volatile they'll each of them right. spit you out so it's just like that exists in milwaukee too i mean I to, a, to a lesser a lesser scale but it's certainly there i'm sure it's even worse in la i'm sure the people in la would come to austin and be like yeah. everyone's so nice right but but it's nice because you're concentrated in your niche yeah. you know when it comes to infiltrating the greater market and like right it was good yeah. that i had that it's, i had to start somewhere you know it's good yeah. to build grassroots in a city mm -hmm. Because then all the other kids that hired us to go out of state, they only saw what we did in Austin. That's why they hired us. They were like, this looks awesome. Come mm -hmm. to where we are. Yeah. Can I have some of this? Go ahead. Can I have some of this tangerine liqueur? <laughs> yes. Mm. You can drink my... Uh... This tangerine liqueur slaps. <laughs> that's, a Matt, that's a Matt Kim quote. You can... So ridiculous. Yeah, my... Uh... Yeah, LaCroix. The, uh, the fruity, bubbly metal. Liquid metal. Yeah. <laughs> Liquid iron. You drink this, kids. So, you, you, um, so, uh, Palooza was a huge break for you this year. You opened for Crisley. Dude, that was the sickest thing ever. I didn't even open for him. I'll explain. It was, okay. it was, that Wait, was a fucking Were you like a hype man or something? I emceed for you him. You emceed for him. Okay, yeah. sure. So, that's really what I do at my own sets, too. I'll, Matt is the DJ. And I'm the MC. 
I do everything else. Like I'm the reason we have the show. The branding. Yeah, just yeah, the, 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 the all the online content. Marketing. Just, even booking the shows, like mm -hmm. just everything, even scheduling the shows. The fun, sure. everything. It's I, I, your intellectual property. Correct. Matt is the is the DJ mm -hmm. of Oxymoron. That's why I say like I'm not even really a DJ. I don't even really know what it is I do. When we move around the country doing these ridiculous shows, we have this crazy online presence. But it's just like I don't DJ. We make the mixes and we make cool mashups and we do music related things and I'm working on songs with other I see. people. Yeah. But it's just like it's it's part of the operation. But Matt's a DJ, so when we go do those shows, when I go do the shows with Crisley, because I've done multiple now with him, mm -hmm. we've done like more than five. It's basically like doing an oxymoron show for me, except for Crisley's the DJ in Matt's position. And mm. instead of instead of Matt playing our music that yeah, Matt and I made together, it's Crisley playing his music that he made. And I'm just kind of the the I can MC for more people too. Of course. Like, dude, the Chrisley thing is crazy. That Lala shit, that was like, going to Lala all those years, that was my 11th Lala. Yeah. That was uh, like the craziest shit of my life. Like, dude, it was surreal. Like, when I was performing and saw that crowd, it was like the Chicago skyline behind it. It was like the craziest thing of my life. It was like dream come true moment. Like, Chrisley totally made that happen for me. And that was our first show we ever did together. He just had blind trust in me. Wow, I had no damn. idea. Basically, That's he awesome. he came to our South by show. Um, we we I threw a party for South by, and my friend Adam brought him, um, and he came and just really fucked with the show, I guess. And after the show, he came up. He's like, "What's up, man? Nice to meet you. Uh, let me get your number." And then like a few days later, he texted me. He's like, "I need your help with something." And we went through his set. He was basically like, "He's like, what's your opinion on all these throwbacks?" He's like, "Are these throwbacks too old? Do they go over your head, or do they still work?" So we went through like a hundred songs. I was like, "Yes, no, yes, no." We put the set together, all this shit. And then he was like, yeah, um, come do this Cinco de Mayo show with me. And if it goes well, we can talk about Lollapalooza. Because he knew I was from Chicago. He knew I was already going to be there. He knew he didn't have to pay for flights or anything. I knew he was on the lineup of my first year going all three days, really? which was 2014. Mm -hmm. he, yeah, I remember he seeing his... Carries. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Fucking... That's fucking it's crazy, so crazy, man. Yeah, so he was just... <laughs> I don't know, we just, we got along really well and he just trusted me, I guess, thank God he did, and it served us really well, like, we've done really cool shit together, we've been to a ton of shows, um, he's hooked me up with a ton of shit, like, I look up to him a lot, he's a great mentor, like, yeah. he offers a lot of good advice, like, I'll be making these snap decisions and he'll just be like, settle down, this yeah. is how it actually works. Heads in the clouds. Yeah, 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 he's just like, he's really good at, um, I mean, what he does, he's really good at what he does, and it's just like a super cool inspiration to work so closely with someone so successful, because it's like, I can, I can learn so much from him. So, I mean, yeah, Lala was just like the crazy, like, end-all experience, I was like, it was the big, really what it was, it was a, it wasn't a dream come true, because it was, but it wasn't my, my dreams coming true, because it was really cool that I got to do Lala, but it was just so, so, so inspiring to make me work so much harder to yeah. get my own set. And dude, I was like, it right oh, there, I want man. my own yeah. set. I was like, you know what? This yeah. is all Chris's music. Totally. I was like, I want to play my shit and see how the fuck they react. And I want to play like, I want my set, right? So I was like, that just inspired me to work so much harder. I said like, that Lala I said on, in, the, in our video, I have 365 days to be on the next Lala. And I'm still holding to that work. Mm. I'm going to try my hardest. I don't know if it's gonna happen that fast. It's on the record. But I'm gonna try my hardest. Yes. Yeah, but dude, dude I'm so fucking proud of you. Thank you, man. Really. That's fucking incredible. Like, I'm just yeah. so fucking proud of you for actually, like, for, for realizing this goal because I know you've had it 
like instilled in you for quite some time that you're gonna play lawless sometime. And yeah, and true. You, yeah, you you were on that fucking stage, bro. And like the wild, like I think that you said an incredibly like um, uh, like uh, just kind of like a really powerful point and one that actually like you know uh, sort of you know, points to a much bigger picture is that you, this wasn't a dream come true. It sounds more like this was the biggest step you had ever taken to, towards your dream that you've ever taken. By no fucking, by no means is like, is this like, because you're not going to plateau. This right. only inspired no you to work is harder. This the end. Right. It's literally the beginning. It, exactly. It only inspired you to work harder. It yeah. only motivated you to continue perfecting your craft to, you know, aim to, you know, ascend even higher in like the hierarchy of like venues, of like crowds, of yeah. you know, what what your next gig would look like, you know, where potential uh you know, where uh your travels will take you through doing what you do. Like yeah, it, it only like made it. It was merely a glimpse of what you wanted. Literally, it was a. It was like that open window into my potential future. Yeah, like the fucking green room at under that stage, like taking golf carts to and from it. Like it was just like that's insane, man. Bro, this could you be always insane. envied that so much. Like yeah. growing up, you're like, holy shit! Like I wish I was on the other side of that. You know? Yeah, bro. And it, it was like super surreal. Like it was crazy, and I had like friends there because at this point. We were already going backstage at Law. I didn't even need his passes. Like we were already like tied in like that. So I already had friends who were side stage. Like not even friends in the crowd. I saw people I knew in the crowd, but I had friends side stage. Like when I got to go off the stage, like I was greeted with hugs. Like my close friends of mine. I was just like, what the fuck? We're all here. Like not even just me, but we're all here right now. Like it's just crazy. Like the people that I've been really close to, who are like on the same journey as me right now. Like we're all just going to come up together. Like, even people like yeah. Shipwreck, like, see you backstage at the next festival, boys. Yeah. Like, just peers at this point. Because we may not know each other that well personally or go back that far even, but our goals align, yeah. you know? Yeah. The ambition is there. And that's and that's what's made me feel so close and so drawn to so many individuals in Milwaukee, you know? Like, it's just... you. The energy gravitates people toward each other, you know? Like, yeah. there's plenty of people I've had on this show. It was my first time meeting them in person. Really? And I fucking open up. That's crazy. Open a fucking Pandora's box of, yeah. of like, you know, deeply personal shit. You know? And, like, and it's... And I come out of it every single time. Like, I'm really fucking glad we did that. Yeah. And I'm... This is real fucking pleasure getting to... You know, uh, you know, share a table with this person and, and totally. just talk, talk about whatever it is you do. And man, like, yeah, dude, that's that's so. All this being said, I guess, like, um, so, you know, uh, needless to say, you've um, you've set goals. Uh, what are you anticipating in twenty twenty? Bro, the future is so untold because I keep finding myself doing these random like basically i'm trying to stay on like the forefront obviously as anyone would and like as things are constantly evolving and changing i'll try to be doing them so like for example right now i think the most evolving thing is tiktok 
Yeah. I am fucking obsessed with TikTok. I haven't posted on my Instagram in over a month because I can't stop TikTok. We hit, we got like over 120,000 followers on TikTok in 30 days. Damn. I've just been TikToking my yeah. fucking ass off. I don't even, I'm not even on it yet. Really? Like, I should get yeah, on it. I've been running, I ran College Weekly's TikTok for a bit. Um, I'm running Trap Nation's TikTok right now. It's just like, I'm finding myself in this TikTok venture really deep and it's getting me to, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying shit because I'm working on something super, I'm working on two of the biggest projects in my life right now. Like almost end all be all projects, like the projects that are going to get me verified on Instagram, mark my words on that one, I swear to God. But one of my projects is a, is a, is a large TikTok project for exposure. I don't want to explain too much because literally I don't think anyone's doing it and they're all going to start copying me when they Mm -hmm. find out about it. But this venture has led me to meet one of these artists that I've looked up to for a really long time. And I don't want to say who it is because if this shit falls through or doesn't happen, I don't want to look like I'm not coming through for my word, but you need to believe that I'm working so fucking hard every day at this shit Mm -hmm. and it's going to fucking happen. But I'm still not going to curse it by saying it, but I I really look up to an artist, a Grammy winning artist. This artist won a Grammy. Mm -hmm. And if you want a hint, he follows us on Instagram. But he basically, I met him through Trap Nation. We... He found my Instagram. He's like, what's your personal Instagram? He found Oxymorons. He went through, was liking a bunch of posts. I was like, oh shit, this is crazy. We were talking about a bunch of stuff. He's like, bro, my team is really small. I need someone like you on the team. I was like, oh shit. He's like, what's your phone number? We need to talk for real. We were texting. That uh, I sent him an idea for a project and he was like, holy shit, let's fucking do it. Get to work on it. It's going to take me a really long time. But um, So like this TikTok project I'm working on has led to this new project. And it's like, whatever this project brings will lead to the new one. So when you say, like, what's to come in 2020, I have no fucking idea what the next project is. I just know it's going to be some cool-ass shit. Just know that, that I was, was like, the, That was the correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, who the fuck knows? Yeah. Because it, it doesn't exist yet, whatever right, I'm going to yeah. be working on in 2020. Same here, man. Yeah. Got no fucking idea. Yeah. I mean, you know... I, go ahead. No, like, yeah, no, like, I know, like, what... what Base it'll be in. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what it will be. Right, yeah. I know I'll still be doing the same loophole shenanigans bullshit as always, but yeah. I just don't know how. <laughs> well put, man. Yeah, yeah dude. I, I feel that. Well, I'm excited, man. Like, I mean, I similarly to you, I the uh, the horizons to which my ventures will take me are in, into question now. Yeah. Yep. But um. But I'm just excited. I'm confident. Yeah. I look forward to it, and yeah. I'm I'm just enjoying the process. Yeah, um, it's about the journey, man. Dude, so something I wanted to bring up earlier, but this is also a good good point to good time to bring this up now. So we were talking about the J earlier, which you mentioned you specified was about 200 yards. Yeah, I that gave way. away your whole look. Yeah, yeah. And just <laughs> right. But also, <laughs> okay. But on that note, though, that okay. So when I was a kid, when we were kids, our conscious reality went no farther than where we were designated to be as kids. I like where this is going. The only two places I was really like, where I was mandated to, 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 to spend my time to play, to, to do my homework, to do these activities, recess, you know, was either over the summer at the JCC, or was that Heather Hill Elementary School, or in your case, Western Avenue? Yeah. I was walking, I got off the train a couple months ago, I got off the Fosmer train station, and I walked through Heather Hill to get to my house, you know? Uh, and um, 
as I was walking through, like, you know, like I had my headphones in, I was listening to some of my favorite music. I was walking and it, and it was like, I think it was like, it was like the middle of August and you know how like school has started so early and earlier every year. So these kids at my old elementary school were already out on the re- were already on the playground playing in recess, and this was like the middle of August, and I couldn't help but um, I entered intense reflection at how you know how when you uh, when you're out in recess and there's like the out of bounds. Yeah. There's like the there's the invisible barrier between the school like the proper the school property where you can go, or you know like you can't cross over like this yeah. this line or else you know you're you're you have to sit out you're gonna get in trouble right called home and a mom yeah restricted lunch right restricted lunch yeah <laughs> uh, there's that line between the school or or summer camp. And the outside world. I tell you, man, like, the wildest shit is walking on the other side of that line. The wildest shit is walking in that outside world and seeing how small my conscious reality, how small the world seemed when we were growing up in suburban Chicago in this small area where... You know, you're either there or here, neither of which are, like, which are both within a mile of my house here. And it's just, it's the, it's the most surreal fucking feeling coming back home, you know, 15 years later and walking as an adult. Yeah. You know, past where I spent all my time, my entire childhood, where this was as big as my world was. And now... You and I are both out of college. Yeah. And, Holy shit. you know, like, and not like our world got progressively bigger as we got older. You know, we had middle school. We had, uh, we had HF. We yeah, had, like the BBYO stuff that made our world bigger, you know, meeting Jews across the city. And then we go true. to college. And at that point, our world exponentially gets bigger because you also, for you first make contact with people that grew up in entirely different worlds than you did. Totally. And now we're out of college. And now out like like you specified like like we were talking about earlier. It's like I met somebody who knew who you were in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and you live in Austin, Texas. You know, like and you know, I know a better part of the Milwaukee creative scene at this point through doing this show and through yeah. doing my freelance music writing. You did a college tour, you know, like We've been to Israel and back, you know, yeah. we've been to, we've done South by Southwest, like, you've been all over the country, you know, doing what you love, like DJing or going to festivals, you know, myself, like, I have a lot of travel aspirations that I haven't, I unfortunately haven't accomplished yet, but I'm getting there, yes, but I'm sir. working, inten- it, like, it, I'm working, like, incessantly hard internally, on and and consistently on the show and on getting to know the true Milwaukee and doing what I can do as an individual to uplift Milwaukee in every way, shape and form that I can, platforming artists and creatives. And here we are. Yeah. We're back in 
Holy in the, shit. In that we're back in the house. 200 yards away from where yeah, started. We're back in that small-ass world that we spent the first 10, 11 years of our lives that this was as big as it got. And we're back in that world now. And now you think, like, dude, like, just our whole, like, the whole just perception of our surroundings, our environment, and how big the fucking world is. Yeah. Not e like, we've barely, we haven't even scraped the surface of how big the world is. We've, we've, like, you know, poked it. <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's the best way I could put it. We've poked the surface. We haven't even scraped it. And it's just, like, it's really just wild how here we back are, like, kind of, like, where we started, you know? Yeah. That I, I grew up in this house. And, you know, like, that house that you just left right before you came here that you grew up in Literally. as well. It's like, dude, it's like, what the fuck, man? I it's feel... It's a full circle ass yeah. shit, bro. It's just <laughs> crazy. Like, when we come back here, it still feels like that fenced off place like when we're together it's like it doesn't feel like it barely feels like yeah we have our experiences that we've carried now since like the last time we were together but like bro we pick up right where we left off like yeah. it's crazy coming back here because it really doesn't leave you doesn't. like coming home it's it doesn't get old bro because I don't know I look at this place I'm so thankful for like shit like HF like it oh, formed yeah. me entirely who I am I just hate the cold bro I come home now and my fucking face breaks out bro what oh, is going yeah, on with my face like dude this is catching the bad side I get right I, I get normal pimples in Austin just regular ass yeah. acne sure. and then I came here all this started as regular acne in Austin it goes away in a day or two I came here I don't know why maybe it's so dry or I don't know what the fuck is going on but my shit got so fucking fat and like round on top you can't even like pop them dude switch sides with me bro my fucking face is fucked up oh yeah okay now you get some of the blonde side right is okay. this side blonde yeah okay yeah the first <laughs> half was the dark side now this is the blonde side all right sorry but yeah bro i mean in terms of what you're saying it's crazy because i used to think of shit like that for like dogs like dogs entire world is like their house is like a a planet yeah like, yeah the walk around the block is like space exploration yeah, yeah like, i know there's right. other life here when they see other yeah. dogs they're like signs of other life and like, their collar is like their space suit you know dude, yeah they, yeah they yeah. breathe yeah. outside of the house because of that collar yeah but, man like, and the second they like break off it's like that could be the last time you ever see them that's true and you know that's true for us too like it's crazy like that's weird what you just said because our parents probably think that like when they break off to texas and milwaukee they might just not fucking come back. And honestly, I don't. I make it home like twice a year at this point. And because like Christmas and Thanksgiving, what yeah. else really is there? Like I try to come home during the summer, but it's because I love my parents and shit that they come visit me. It's just weird. Like, it's just weird that everyone has dispersed into their own like lives now. Yeah. Like it's weird thinking like how much didn't even matter back then. Like being I know. in this town, like how little of it, like how large it was to us at the time. I was yeah. like, dude, my life is over. Like, and how, and just like, that was nothing. And also how much we were subordinated to the simple authority of an adult. Dude, that's the, that's the, I think that's like the theme of this podcast. In terms yeah, of Barney yeah. Ross, HF in general, and just oxymorons is like, the theme is just a, Disruption, yeah. just disrupting, yeah. like a, re a re rebellion, rebellion, like the just general, yeah. like there's a way that things are done. There's a process that they want you to follow, 
We just like to do it the other way. A re like, oh, yeah, a rebellion of the norm. Yeah, a rebellion of the norm. We just, like, refuse it. And that's why I have people mm -hmm. like us make it out of this fucking town. And some people don't, honestly. And it's just, like, they're so accustomed to just, like, listening to what's handed to them. It's Dude. like people can only just accept the world that they're given to them. Uh, yeah, and you it pity people like that, that exactly. live under that, man. Like It you takes people like us to, to be self-aware enough to realize that, like, there's more than us. Like, we're so small on the, on the grander scale of things. It's just like, you can do so much more. Yeah. Like, there needs to be real. sheep for there to be wolves. And, like, honestly, HF was just a fuck ton of sheep that we could just wolf around with. And, like, same with Barney Ross and shit like that. Like, not that they're sheep. I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. I'm just saying there's people who follow them. Right. Like, oh, yeah. They're smart, they're brilliant, they're cool, they're beautiful, they're sports, yeah. they're talented, they're athletic. They're still sheep. They're exactly, still and there are there are still norms that you and I abide by. That's true that, too. That others may not. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like what our idea of success is and what our idea of like self actualization is, you know, we may have a completely different perception than totally. people that you know are working a nine to five job or people that you know commute an hour to work every day or people that work Monday through Friday and they just they don't. You know, their priority is financial stability, yeah, or their or job security, or you know, moving up in a company or something like that. Like that's fine. I'm not going to knock anyone that does that. Mm -hmm. Some of our best friends do that. Exactly. It just depends what people value. It depends what you value. Like yeah. to certain people, the ideal lifestyle is to get that nine to five to support like a potential family, and that's mm -hmm. their definition of yeah. success. And that's great, but it's just not mine necessarily mm -hmm. everyone has a different different definition of success it's the same way that like everyone has their own finish line and everyone sets their own goals it's like people only want to work so hard like people have a mental finish line. this is like something i talk about sometimes with people like in the same space mm -hmm. but people have like a mental finish line of like where at what point am i successful where am i and mm -hmm. then they at when they reach that point they get comfortable within it and they cool off and they're like all right here i am it's just like people have larger finish lines than others like why do some artists only make it to a hundred thousand followers and some artists make it to a million it's like they've reached their finish line they're like oh i've made i'm happy here and others decide to just like push harder and push harder it's like a lot of the people that not that come out of hf but just a lot of the general public in general mm -hmm. they're like all right i'm gonna come out i'm gonna go to college i'm gonna get that job and i'm gonna get that family that's that finish line like mm -hmm. there's not necessarily that is the definition of success. Everyone yeah. has a different a different finish line, bro. And yeah. it's just like, it's different for everybody. Like, you can't knock somebody for having a finish line that well, wouldn't necessarily not. be yours. Like, yeah. to a lot of people, bro, I would look like a fucking loser. Like, it's like hard. They're like, what, you graduated with an electrical engineering degree? What are you doing now? It's like, oh, I'm a... I'm a DJ. Like, yeah, dude, like, same oh, here, tight. dude. You know, I my day, I still have a part time day job. I wash dishes at a at a restaurant, man. But the thing is. But I like it. Honestly, yeah. like I, I, I enjoy my job for what I'm doing now. It suits me very well. But exactly what you just said. People might hear that and, you know, jump to the conclusion that I'm a fuck up or yeah. that I have no goals or that I'm my priorities are out of whack. And it and we've talked about this in the past too. It takes I think some of the, the largest uh, culprits in that mindset are our parents. Mm-hmm. I love my parents to death, you can't, man. You can't blame them. You not at all. Because that's not at all. they know. Yeah. But it's just like people define success differently. Like to my parents, all they want for me to do is make a lot of money because they think that's what will make me happy. It's like realistically, I'd rather make a fifth of the money I could in the tech industry 
but in the music industry because that's where I want to be and that's what I want to be doing. Right. So it's like to them, it's like disappointing. Yeah. But to me, it's just like this is exactly where I want to be. Like yeah, I couldn't, man. I couldn't imagine anywhere else. It's just like it takes certain people to realize um, that like some things aren't for everyone. Like, dude, like some. Like, class isn't for everyone. Jobs aren't for everyone. Working 9 to 5 in a suit just simply isn't for everyone, even though the school system is kind of designed to make that for everyone. Like, the ideal, like, right. everyone thinks, like, the the win of school is getting a good job. That's, yeah. like, the reason you did it. Like, the win of high school is getting into a good college. The win of college is getting a good job. That's, like, the goal. Yeah. Right. Dude, fuck a job like that. I want to follow, I want to do what I want to do. Yeah, you know man. I mean? Like, it takes a certain type of person to realize that they want to jump out of that path. Like, dude, I remember a very, like, defining moment in my, in my childhood. For some fucking reason, my mom will attest to this, but for some fucking reason in seventh grade, I remember just realizing, I was like, wait, we all go to the same high school? I remember when we were starting to meet the, uh, the Marion kids or whatever, or whoever that... James Hart James kids. Hart kids. Yeah, yeah. We were meeting all those girls and guys and, and Darn and all those kids. I was like, wait, like... We all just go to the same high school no matter what because of where we live. Yeah. My grades don't fucking matter at all. You can ask my mom. I, I got such shitty grades, 7th grade and 8th grade, because I was like, I'd rather be making friends and doing cool things like that than I realized the grades don't matter in that situation. I was like, this, mm -hmm. we're all going to the same high school. So if you can take situations like that and just realize, like, what am I actually spending my time on and what is it important for? Mm -hmm. I was like, why, why am I... I guess you need to learn basic seventh grade knowledge, I guess. Yeah. But it's like, do you? Do you? Like, who needs to know when the fucking presidents were born and shit? Okay, like, I, I saw, don't. I saw, dude, okay. I saw a, a meme recently, like, parallelograms. Who the fuck needs to know a parallelogram? But why? If that not, really suits us in the, na that knowledge really suits us for parallelogram yeah. season. Okay, listen. <laughs> I Listen, we were taught parallelograms, what years the presidents were inducted, um, certain things about American history or whatever, but I still was never taught how to buy a house, how to file my taxes, how to buy a car, how to apply for a credit card. That shit that just, that I need. Yeah. What, we were supposed to figure that part out for right. our fucking selves? Yeah. Where the hell was that in seventh right. grade? Like and also, uh, you know, proper, uh, proper financial budgeting, um, you know, basic, really any of that. basic cooking, stuff just like general that. life right. thing. If anything, you might be able to take that as an elective. Yeah. That's like, It's you like, know. here, instead of us <laughs> teaching you how life works, we're going to fill your head with random facts that you'll never need to recall. Right. We're gonna, you know, instead of us teaching you processes of how things actually happen in the real world, just remember this president's birthday. Yeah, yeah. Instead, you know, uh, we're gonna test you on the quadratic formula. Yeah. And, yeah. And we're also gonna test. We're also going to critique you on, uh, you know, how fast you can shuttle run in yeah, gym yeah. class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bummy shuttle run. We're gonna physically <laughs> test you against other kids. Yeah. It's on like, how fast you can pick up a race. It's like literally the school system's really a bully. Yeah. You're like, well, you fell below average. Right. Yeah. So you must be a fucking shitty kid. Yeah. Are you going to do the Obama presidential fitness? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, man. It means you're, you're destined to fail, kid. The, the simple, uh, the, the, the sheer thought of getting a 9 to 5 where, you know, I have to work 40 hours a week. You know, wearing with, under a dress code, yeah. answering to somebody that sees me merely as a cog in their machine that benefits their company. 
rather than valuing me for myself and what you're capable of and what I'm capable of like that that abhors me you know like that's just that I I find that for one I find it boring as fuck I find it miserable I find it I, I and I know I have built a lot of self-awareness over the years and I know my emotional and mental boundaries I would just that would eat me alive man like I would just you couldn't do it I would hate that I, I want to live to do you know like we obviously do different things but you know I want to I want to build something like creatively I want to bring my own quirks my eccentricities my defiances of what's expected of you know like society and you know I want to I want to help people I want to show people a good time I want to bring people together I want to hear what people have to say like that's what I want to spend my life doing. People like us just have more to offer than being a part of someone else's machine. We yes. want to we want to run our own machines. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, man, totally. Like, and um, your machine just happens to make a lot of bleeps and bloops. Yeah, a lot of beep boop. Bops. <laughs> yeah. No beep boop boop bop. No, I think it went boo boo beep. Bop beep. <laughs> If you want to challenge Aaron and I to Spongebob trivia, you don't stand Don't even offer that. No one on earth can step to us on Spongebob trivia. (laughs) Mostly because we're just cheaters and we we have... Basically we play the first one to get three wrong loses. And if we're ever coming close to losing, we have bomb questions that just no one will ever fucking know. Oh yeah. And you know know what that is? Each question, it always starts with like, in the episode, yep. you know that. I honestly forgot a lot. You know what that is, though. It's it's you know even it's funny and just goofy that that whole thing is is and as are many of our inside jokes were like growing up. Like it's attention to detail at the end of the yeah, day, man. Truly, dude, and that show like formed my sense of humor. Yeah, it like, did for me too. Like literally like and, that's like what I think is funny is from yeah, that show. Yeah. Like everything in the show is still <laughs> hilarious for some reason. <laughs> Certain kids just like don't even know who that is anymore. Dude, I like as as wild like I've I've got actually gotten really, really into movies, so I watch a shit ton of movies in my spare time. But as as nice. as like recommend me some. I will. But I will still come back to Step Brothers, you know? I'll still come back to Dude, Hot Rod. that fucking movie on mute, and I'll <laughs> yeah. say every single word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, kill somebody! <laughs> Nobody walks in and sees the jump set. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, like, you know, after all these years, I mean, just, you just retain shit, man. Like That shit molded us. It did, and, and like, I think this was also something that you know, we just thought it was fucking... It was so funny. But I think it... That moment when we wore tuxedos with sneakers to our... Oh to my. our bar... To our BBYO formal uh, senior year. I remember, like, I think you... You were the one that, like, quoted it at that time was... You know, <laughs> like... It was like... Dress nice... But don't forget where you came from. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, look good, but don't forget where you came from. Okay. And, man, that's why, like, you know, that's why also, I feel like I kind of live by that philosophy, like, in this show, too. Because if you notice, I don't ever dress formally on the show. There's episodes I'm in my, like, pajamas. Fuck yeah. There's episodes I'm wearing my 
my HF gym shorts. There's <laughs> ep- yeah, there's episodes I'm wearing Still like have those? yeah, there's episodes I just got out of bed. I haven't showered. I'm like literally like I have greasy ass hair, but it's but it's the more I might be hungover even, yeah. but I'm still conducting an episode, that's and that's weird. because it's like, dude, like I don't have to answer to anyone. I mean, yeah, yeah like I have to still you know put on pants, yeah. but but like you know I'm not gonna forget where I came from in the sense yeah, but- that like. I, I, you know, I value just a sense of comfort and yeah. not taking it too seriously, but also being but being serious about it, the parts that matter. Right, being serious about what I'm doing. Yeah. But having fun with it. Totally. It's about it's about taking the parts that are important seriously. Yeah. Tell me about so I know that part of your brand with oxymorons is also uh, you know the various pranks that <laughs> that you so. Uh, so in, in such witty, classic you, you know, it's more going back to everything you're saying, just doing stupid shit just to get see what you can get away with. Yeah, literally. The uh, Walmart table is the, like, probably the craziest thing I've seen all year. The Walmart table <laughs> is, a, is a funny story because I didn't, I did not enjoy that one bit. Like, like, I don't like doing stuff like that. I did it for a very specific reason, but... That's not necessarily my passion or calling. I like pranks, but that one specifically was just fucking so stupid. <laughs> I mean, it was so funny and like people like it. But it was it was so stupid. So the story behind that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the story behind that is I got I in a very hilarious way that I'll tell you off camera because it's a trade secret. But I got a a world star contact in a ridiculous way. Basically, I sent a video to world star. Um, this prank we did stealing phones at a music festival okay. where people would be like, there'd be like art and people would be taking pictures in front of it, like with their friend groups. Mm-hmm. And we would walk up and be like, oh, like, do you want me to get a picture of all of you guys? Like, here, y- y'all can all get it. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. And I'd take their phone, like, okay, ready? One, two, and then I'd run off with their phone and people would start <laughs> yeah, chasing yeah. me and shit. So yeah. I sent that to Worldstar. I was like, yeah, do you think this would be Worldstar worthy? And they were like, yeah, sure. And, uh, but the beat, this is actually, I'm, I'm diverging, but the beat on that video was a NLA Choppa beat, so it's copyrighted, so they wouldn't post it, so he's like, replace the beat with a royalty-free beat. So I put the beat of I'm gay under it, the <laughs> yeah. beat that we made, and that was up on Worldstar. But basically, Damn. when I got that Worldstar plug, and when I was like, holy shit, they'll just post whatever the fuck I send them, like, that's crazy, they paid me 50 bucks for that video. So I was like, all right, let me put 50 bucks into something. Um... So the, that the next bought, day I shot the Walmart thing. So you bought a fifty dollar. I think it was table. that same night. It was the same night that I got the connect. I was like, all right, I need to make a world star. Play. I was like, what is something that I could do? Okay, that the would funniest. Get world star? The funniest part is not only how you set the whole thing up, but the guy that jumps on it after you. Yeah, that was the, the random part. Second that, guy that comes to finish it that off. That's the part that got me. Shout so out young weak. Tito, bro. I, I fucking love Tito, bro. Tito, uh, his channel is hilarious. Dude. He kind of slowed down on YouTube because his mom and sister got like really pissed because his content is like super hilarious like that. But uh, they were like super not cool with it. But I mean, you have to ignore your fucking parents if you want to live this side yeah. of the house. Going back to what we were saying That's earlier. Weird. But yeah, I mean, I I did that just for Worldstar. I mean, I made that video yeah. for Worldstar. But then you also did this. You did the Seven Eleven bong. That thing. was for Worldstar too. Okay. I mean, basically, what happened was. I I got the Worldstar plug, and I was like, I need to make something for their demographics, something that they will post. 
So I thought of that just like instantly. I was like, all right, this is ridiculous because I love Walmart and I know their return policy is great because I use it all the time. And I was like, all right, let's just go fuck with them. Like, honestly, fuck with them. <laughs> and um, that worked and it got up. So I was like, all right, let's see the 7-Eleven thing. Like, when, I, when that table video got up on Worldstar, I think I got like 2,000, 2 or 3,000 followers overnight. And I was like, all right. I want to keep doing this. Like, I need to keep doing, this. dude. I, I slowed down when the Goat House got evicted. I stopped doing videos like that. But I need to. I need to do more World Star. Yeah, I need to man. do another one for World Star. So, what do you enjoy? I know, like about the pranks. I. You know what I enjoy? The marketing of it, and just like the general internet scheme. Like the idea that it's like, if I have more followers, I can make more money because of how DJing works. If you have more followers or whatever, you're worth more. Like, they'll pay you higher rates. Mm -hmm. So it's the idea of, like, if I simply go do something really stupid to be posted intentionally on a giant Instagram page, it could inadvertently make me more money in the future. Mm -hmm. That's the part that I like is that it's all just like a giant scheme. It's all just like a giant Instagram scheme. Like, mm -hmm. if I go do something stupid enough and film it, it'll make me money. It's like, literally, yeah. inadvertently through multiple yeah. steps of, like, a thing that I set up it will make me more money. Mm -hmm. So like, that's why I did that, was to like get more followers, have more outreach. Like If I'm on World Star enough, kids from colleges will even start recognizing when they're reaching out for shows. And when my agent is pitching like oxymorons, they're like, wait, was that the fucking idiot on World Star? Like, that's hilarious. Let's get this fucking moron in here. Like, <laughs> yeah. It just like adds to it. It's just like more internet presence, the better. Like That's what yeah. I like about it. It's just like, the pranks actually get hella views, which is sad because I don't necessarily enjoy doing I love doing them. It's fun to do. They're fun to prank the people. I just don't feel great about it because, like, it's not that clever. It's just, like, easy views. Like, some people look at it as being super cringy, which yeah. it is. If you're, not, like, if you're not very specifically into that type of humor, it's cringy as fuck. Right. You're like, okay, yeah. these kids are just assholes fucking with, like, minimum wage workers for no reason. I mean, we cleaned the table up. It wasn't a big deal. But Right. Well, I feel like... From and I think what the thing about your pranks is that like <laughs> the thing is is like on a service level people might think that people mm -hmm. might think like yeah this kid's a fucking asshole like this kid's just a punk you know like yeah. who does he think he is messing yeah with these you know workers and uh -huh. making their lives hard and shit but the thing is is like like it may seem like that on the surface but like but like truthfully and like actually like technically you're not breaking any ethical codes yeah and you're also you know, like you wouldn't do something that's gonna actively like take hurt advantage of people bully someone we never make someone feel bad right we never actually hurt someone exactly it's more about just like fucking you're not boot gang yeah we're not boot i'm not robbing shit like yeah if anything if the workers were somewhat cool or bored we're just spicing their day up like if you yeah. look at their faces they're like at the end of the day, they think this is fucking hilarious. Like, yeah, they, like they think it's funny, and they're going to tell their friends yeah, because it's a funny story. It didn't inconvenience them at all. We broke the table, we cleaned the table up, and then we left. Nothing changed in their day except a little excitement, honestly. <laughs> yeah. but, like, we've ramped up the pranks. When we go visit all these schools, um, we go pr do pranks on their campuses. Like, I have a bunch of vlogs coming out. I need to edit a shit ton of footage. I'm sitting on fucking hundreds of hours of footage that I need to edit and put out. So I'm taking all of December shows off. But um, yeah, I'm taking we have pranks, really. I'm taking January off. To catch up. Yeah, yeah, I'm not doing shit until, like, January 20th. But um, we, we when we show up to these different schools, the first thing we do is 
go to their school store and get merch, like get close to look like them, like try to blend in. And then we just go fucking prank their students. And we have some really funny clips. Uh, <laughs> pranks coming soon. More pranks coming soon. Because I know that's what gets views. And I know that's what people want to see. It's just funny fucking with people and getting reactions. And so yeah. we, we did more. They're coming. They're not necessarily world star. Maybe they're for certain pages. They're for college Word, pages. Yeah. For the sake of uh, yeah. anyone still watching. Yeah. So Aaron, um, as I uh, close out, as we close out here, uh, Tell me what keeps you up at night. Interesting. All right. I knew I knew it was coming, but I didn't prepare for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. Um. Fuck. What keeps me up at night? Um. To be honest, though, I've been sleeping like better than ever, because like I'm not gonna. This is not a cop out, and I'll tell you some scary shit also. But to be honest, like for the first time in my life, I actually know what I need to do. Now it's just at the point of actually doing it. Like for so many years up until this point, like really up until February, up until I dyed my hair, it was like, what do I do? Like I would sit in my room for hours. I'd be up all night. Like, what am I worth? Why am I doing this oxymorons? Like we only have 3000 followers. And I've been doing this for almost a year. I was like, what is this all for? Is this even funny? Like, is this good? I just had to tell myself, like, just keep going. People will realize it. People will notice. I, I, I always think like I'm the best, right? I always think like right. I'm, I'm dope. But I was really starting to think, like, for real, like, am I really just not the best? Like, am I really just, like, maybe I'm really just, like, not great. And, like, maybe this was just fun in college and I had, like, a close perception of reality. But I, I was, like, just keep going. Just keep doing it. And uh, people started to realize, like, legitimate people that I look up to started to realize it. And that's, like, such validation for me. I was, like, you know, if they're, if they're into it, that means I'm doing something correct. Mm -hmm. Like, really, Shipwreck was one of the first people when they DM. Usually, I hit up people. I DM everyone. A D yeah, same. I DM, DM changes. Everyone. A DM will change your life, bro. A DM will change your life. They DM'd me. Y'all are fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's wild. That's when I was, like, yo, like, maybe the shit I'm doing is for real. Like, maybe the shit I'm doing... You know, maybe I'm really doing it, you know? So I was like, bro, for the first time in my life, now, after we talked out in the garage, like, you know what I'm working on? I actually know what I need to do. Like, I see the clear path. At this point, it's about actually doing it. Before, I was like, what's the path? How do I get this done? Now I'm like, okay, I got the path. It's time to actually do it. Cause I'm saying I sleep really well right now. Well, that's good. Because I, <laughs> I wake up every morning yeah. knowing exactly what I need to do. I do it until I fucking fall asleep and I go to sleep every night accomplished. When I wouldn't be able to sleep at night, it was because I would go through entire days without doing a single thing. And I was like, bro, I'm stuck in a slump. Like, what am I accomplished? Like, dude, I had this really dark note. Like, there's a note in my phone from January where I was, like, saying, like, super dark suicidal shit. I was like, bro, it was, like, dark shit. I was like, what am I worth? Like, all this shit. And then it, that's what would keep me up at night because I would get nothing accomplished. I realized, like, when you're working so hard on something, it's so fulfilling. Like... That's the that's what's cool. Like that's the key. Like when you feel like what's going on. Like am I worth anything? It's like if you just keep working so hard, you feel like accomplished. Like look what I did. Look what mm -hmm. I've made. So I've been sleeping really well. But mm -hmm. I guess I'd say um, like the biggest like fears I have. Yeah, okay, I know my biggest yeah. fear. And this is not a good fear to have, but this is real shit, bro. I'm like the most afraid of like the potential time limit on all this, like that I'm aging all the time. And that, like, I'm almost embarrassed to even say my age at this point because, like, you could phase out of it, bro. The TikTok community, where I'm thriving right now, is 17-year-olds. Like, it's not my demographic. Like, I'm afraid that, like, the older I get, the people will stop being able to identify with me. Like, I look at people like Dylan Francis, 
And I'm like, oh, well, he's 28 and he's doing it. I look at people like Diplo, like, oh, he's 30, he's fucking doing it. But it's like, kids aren't connecting with Dylan Francis and Diplo, though. Like, they're legends because of what they did. But today, they're only legends because of their past. They're not, like, currently dropping the best shit in the game, mm -hmm. to be honest. Right. They're not currently resonating with the current age of consumers, which is, whatever, 13 to 18-year-olds. Like, you know, you know what's also insane on a totally different... Dude, Chris Rock, you know he's over 50? Holy shit. Chris Rock, like, the the comedian that has this youthful, like, boyish voice, yeah, you yeah. know, it's child, instantly, instantly recognizable. That was so well known in, like, his movies in the, the 90s. Like, still sounds the exact same, though. Dude, he's in his fifties, man. Like, yeah, that that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'm afraid that like I can't just like stay a kid. Like, bro, I still, I, I still like see, I still think and act most of the time like a fucking child. Oh, like, we're kids, I man. look at people my own age with jobs, like these fucking like girls in Austin. That like when I see these girls that I was friends with in college that are working in these like real fucking tech jobs and have these real like fucking apartments and go out and do like adult like bars and shit like that i'm like dude what i'm like a fucking kid i sit in my room like editing funny videos to send a world star and then my weekends are doing like shows like i don't feel like an adult like when i'm out with people my own age i don't even feel like i'm amongst my peers but i'm hanging out with these fucking youtubers like steezy and them who are multiple years younger than me i'm like okay weirdly these are the kids i identify with and like the, yeah the biggest thing that keeps me up at night is that i get aged out of that you're retaining the childlike wonder though yeah God, I mean, that's the biggest thing that's, I'm afraid of. It's like, when yeah. will I stop identifying with you? Um, At what point will I be yeah. too old? We may be men, but we're still kids. Camera uh, cut out. Um, so, what puts you to sleep, Aaron? I like this angle. Good. What puts me to sleep is that... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, okay, the opposite. Yeah. Time. All right, what actually puts me to sleep at night? Honestly, like, the fact that... Yeah, like, I kind of just said the fact that I finally, for the first time in my life, like, know what I need to do now. It's just the fact that I need to do it. And like every day, it's not necessarily wondering, fuck, what should I do next? What should I do next? I know I have too many things to mm. do next. It's about actually doing them now. So when I can spend my entire day, when I wake up, know exactly what I need to do, spend my entire day doing it, I can go to sleep so accomplished. I can be like, look at everything I did today. I'm gonna sleep like a fucking baby and do the same thing tomorrow. Like literally it's yeah. endless work. It just keeps building up on, on itself and it's, the most fucking fun ever. Fuck yeah, man. That dude, that I, I, I would, uh, I would choose that day-to-day -day mindset over conforming to a system yeah, that... I have to go to work today. Yeah, man. So I can feed my family. <laughs> right, yeah. Dude, and, and piggybacking off of, like, you know, what you were saying earlier, man, like, yeah, dude, like, there's nothing fucking wrong with still feeling like a kid. We're supposed to. We should. Mm -hmm. Dude, like, I want to feel like that. I want to I wanna be in awe at little, simple, amusing things in life for the rest of my life. Because that's what makes me happy. And, you know, I think that life is fucking... Like, dude, there's so much beauty. There's so much to explore. There's so much to experience. This, dude, yeah, it, and... You just got to soak it all up, man. True. Don't be too worried about where you're going. Enjoy yeah. what it takes to get there.
Rock on, incredible. Man. Thank yeah. you so much for having this me. Was this was legendary, man. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I'm glad we finally could put this together. Yeah. I've been trying for so fucking long. Man. Until the part two, because I know there will be a part two. Because oh. I know that you're going to continue with this podcast. There will be a I saga. I'm going to continue with this. Yeah, man. So, season three. We will return. I'll, I'll be in the episode 300s next time. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. something, I'll be in the 300s next time. Oh, no, but maybe even the fucking 400s, bro. I'm going to be doing a lot. Bro... I'll tell you about the rollout when we're done recording. Okay. But uh, so um thank you for watching Mr. Nice Guy. I hope you learned something tonight. We'll see you next time. The fuck I didn't even know you had this <laughs> <harmonica, dude. laughs>